Uh, let me read this verse of scripture while you're standing tonight. And um, last week we uh, took a break from the practice makes perfect lesson uh, as we had the youth in here with us and preached to them and had a tremendous service. Great service Monday night. We had one young lady here that was filled with the Holy Ghost on Monday night at prayer. We thank the Lord for that. And just excited that God's still pouring out His Spirit on all flesh. God's still doing it. So uh, tonight, uh, Ecclesiastes 12 and 13, if you want to turn with us tonight or follow along on the screen. Ecclesiastes 12 and 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. And then Joshua 6 and 25 says, And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day because she hid messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. And so we're going to talk to uh, or teach on this a little bit tonight. Practice makes perfect. It's what we do. It's what we do. It's the things we do. Let's pray for the lesson. Lord, we love you tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the instruction and wisdom, the understanding that it gives us. Let it find good ground in our heart tonight, God, that we can put our faith into action and work for the kingdom of God. Lord, we ask it that you'd bless it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord another hand clap of praise before you're seated. Hallelujah. We're thankful for the word of God tonight. Thankful for his word. Thank you for being in church tonight. Thank you, darling, for playing and singing tonight. Appreciate the Lord. God called us to be righteous. Called us to be saints. Called us to be his children. We must take action in our walk with God. Our faith is not a stationary faith. You can stand still and the world can go by. You can stand still and miss uh, what God wants you to do. The Bible says we walk by faith. So our faith is not a stationary faith. It will carry us places, should carry us places. And uh, as we go to these places, if we're going to be like Jesus, then we'll work. We'll do things uh, that uh, line up with his word and uh, we'll do the things that he said we could do through faith in his name. Our faith is a faith that is lived out, for the just shall live by faith. And so when we talk about faith, it's got to be more than just um, a mental uh, perception of what we know about the Lord. It's got to have some uh, action to it. It's got to be what we do. Uh, the scripture we started out with in Ecclesiastes said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Now, this is summing up is what he's saying. Well, been a lot of instruction, been a lot of words said, a lot of examples given. There's a lot of things in, in this book that we read. So let's hear the conclusion of, let's, if we could sum it up, what would it be? Fear God. Reverence him. Honor him. Let him be the first love in your life. Fear God and Keep his commandments. It can't just be that I reverence God. Oh, yeah, I reverence God, but uh, I'm not going to do anything he says. 
Now, you can tell people all day long how much you love God, but unless you're living by his word, there's no evidence of that. Uh, just your own witness of yourself. And, and uh, the scripture says, let it be out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. There need to be something going on in your life so people can see that you are not just talking the talk, but you are walking the walk. A lot of people talk faith, not as many walk faith. So fear God, keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. In other words, everything in this book that we read can be summed up in these lines, uh, just like uh, just in, it's in a package. This is a way to help you understand, but you can't just, when it says the whole duty of man, that means that's what we're supposed to be doing. You can't pick and choose which ones you want to do. It's, you've got to keep his commandments. He didn't say only the commandments listed here or the commandments listed there. You've got to keep all of the commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And he was talking to his disciples. So as he was getting ready to leave this earth, he was summing up to them things that they would be doing, things that they would be saying, things that they would happen to them about being filled with the Holy Ghost. And so he was letting them know that once I leave, you're not just going to sit around the house talking about me. You're not just going to live off memories of things we did this last three and a half years, but you're going to go and preach the gospel to every creature. And you're going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And you're going to cast out devils in my name. And you're going to speak with other tongues. And you're going to teach them to keep and observe all that I have commanded. And so he was letting them know that uh, you will not just be uh, called to believe, but you will be called to do. That's the whole duty. If we love him, we keep his commandments. To build... A sure house. The scripture tells us not to only hear his words, but to obey his words. He says that Jesus said, I will, a man that hears my words and obeys them, I will liken him to a man who dug deep and built his house on the rock, and then come what may, it will stand. The Bible says that a man who hears the word of God only and does nothing deceives himself. Things that God has given us are useless. There's some scripture in here that is so powerful, but it becomes absolutely useless unless we put it into action. It's written, but it doesn't do anything unless we put some action behind it. We were called to do. Living for God is what we do. Serving God is what we do. Not just believing in God, but living out this life of faith. And so uh, when we, you know, praying, giving, fasting, all these things, they work uh, and they get a reward when they're done. Jesus said, your father that sees you doing these things, he will reward you openly. So everybody can see, but he's got to see you doing it. He says, when your father sees you in secret doing these things, then he will reward you openly. But if he never sees you doing it, then where's the reward? Praise. The Bible says he inhabits the praise of his people. The scripture says it's like a weapon that we use to steal the avenger. But if we don't praise him, then where is he? If he inhabits the praises of his people, and it is a weapon that steals the enemy, that keeps the enemy away, guess what happens when you don't praise? God is not present. But the enemy is having a field day. 
praise. Thanksgiving, the Bible says we enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is something, it's not just something that we sit down to on one Thursday in November and eat. Thanksgiving, before the pilgrims ever showed up, the man wrote the words, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Throwing that praise up at him, throwing that worship up at him, thanksgiving, thanking God for what he's done. That's something that we do. He says we enter in that way. We're not even on God's property yet until we start. We're standing at the road looking at the gate. We're standing at the road looking at the entryway. But until we start thanking God for what he's doing and thanking him with our life, we're not even on God's property yet. And so... Uh, we worship God, and we know we read in Isaiah how uh, the the posts move at the voice of those that worship, and we know that worship can change our atmosphere, that uh, it can even get us an answer when things are terrible in our lives. The man with the legion of devils ran and fell down and worshipped Jesus, full of devils, but he fell down and worshipped, and, and he got an answer. He got delivered, and so we, we worship. But if uh, look how powerful worship is, but if we don't worship, what do we have? We have a knowledge. We, I've read about what worship can do. Uh, guess what? The things that you read can be active in your life. You can have the same testimony as uh, this man with the legion of devils. You can have the same testimony uh, as people like uh, uh, Abraham who was going up to sacrifice Isaac and his uh, description of what he was about to do was we're going up to worship. But then we'll come again. He knew that uh, a worshiper can expect to see God do a miracle because it said, I know that he can raise this kid up even from the dead. So he knew that worship uh, would uh, help him get through this. Uh, We love people. The Bible says, oh, no man, anything but to love one another. When we love one another, people recognize that we are his disciples. But if we don't, we lose the benefit of that love. The Bible says, faith worketh. By love, our faith is never going to be able to accomplish anything if we don't use love, kindness, mercy. All these things need to be displayed in our walk with God. The merciful shall obtain mercy. He's letting you know that for the action, there is a reaction. We're going to get something out of living our life for God. So it's the whole duty of man to do these things, not just to talk about them, to think about them, to say I know about them. Uh, we need to put them in action. I don't want to have a shelf full of inanimate gifts from God. I don't want to treat the gifts and blessings of God, the things that come by faith, I don't want to treat them as something that uh, I can sit on the shelf and, and stare at, but they're not doing any good. You know, there's people who uh, collect things. They, they collect cars and they'll buy a car. They won't even crank it up and drive. They put it on a trailer, pull it in their house, and they'll set it in a garage so people can look at it. Never crank it up. Never drive it. Never get any use out of it. It is, oh, it would be so fun to drive. Oh, no, you don't drive it. It's a car. Yes. I bet it's fast. It sure is. How you know? Well, look what kind of car it is, but how do you know it even runs? How do you know it'll get you down the street? You ain't never even cranked it up. How do you know what it'll do? It's like people, I, I said this before, I, I used to, uh, back when they used to have the auto trader, I guess they still have that, but it used to be real big. 
And I was looking for a, like a truck one time, a, a hunting truck. And boy, I saw this four-wheel drive and, you know, they got the picture of it. It was nice and had a description. It was like, you know, back then, roll bars, big thing with lights on, you know, roll bars, light brush guard, uh, this size tires, these wheels, these kind of shocks, you know, all these kind of things going on, talking about man, this kind of gear and that kind of gear. And I don't know what all that stuff means. You know, they built a, kind of a small little monster truck, really, is what they had. And uh, then at the very bottom, talking about all that, I mean, you think, man, this, this truck would pull a building. But at the very bottom, garage kept, never been off the road. Well, how you know it can do anything? That kind of truck ain't meant for riding down the street. That kind of truck's meant for climbing mountains, mud bogging and, and pulling people out of the ditch. But he's like, he's got all this, spent all this money to make it that machine and doesn't even know if it works because it's been in the garage, never been off the road. You know, never had, ain't never had no mud up under it. Mud tires, Why? You're not going to get off the pavement. <laughs> you know, and that's, I think sometimes it's like uh, people's got delivered from sin, washed in the blood, filled with the Spirit, garage kept. Well, garage kept. Never, never prayed a prayer, never fasted a meal. Never danced in the aisles. Never lifted their hands and worshipped. Never testified. Don't study. Don't read. Don't give. Missing blessing after blessing after blessing after. Oh, you, no, you don't use it, do you? Yeah, you do. You do. Because guess what? It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't lose any value with its use. Some people say, well, if you drive that car, car, it goes down in value just like that. Depreciates immediately. Holy Ghost never depreciates. Faith never depreciates. You can pray a thousand prayers. You can pray a million prayers, and faith is still faith. It don't change. God doesn't lose any value. You don't lose any value. Well, well, I feel like I've got the, the dents and the scrapes and everything to prove I've been using mine, and uh, I'm trying to avoid that now. It don't cause you to lose any value. It ain't like a car when it gets a dent or a broken window. That, oh, well, it's, you know, value's down now, or a house that's fallen in, it depreciates. This house, it don't depreciate. It was bought with the precious blood of the Lamb. We were redeemed not with corruptible things because uh, what's inside of us is a treasure in an earthen vessel and, and, uh, and all that it's worth. You know, somebody say, well, you know, in my wildest dream, when these kids, you, know, you think about treasure, pirates burying treasure. Well, I wish I could be out here one day and find me a treasure. You know, we used to make sand castles on the beach. What if I dug up a treasure chest? Wouldn't it be awesome and and I wouldn't have no more worries. But what if you dug up a treasure chest and they said, you can keep everything in it and it's full of gold. And you're like, here we go. I'm going to put this in my house. But I ain't going to never spend a dime of it. And, hey, they fix and cut your lights off. You got a treasure chest. Oh, you don't, no, you don't spend that. That's a treasure. 
but they're going to take your house away. Yeah, but that's a treasure. Well, what you going to do, live in that treasure chest? You can't eat them gold nuggets that's in there. What you going to do with it? It's going to be useless. It's worth a billion dollars, but it is useless to the man that won't use it. And faith, the Bible says that the trial of our faith is more precious than gold that will perish. In other words, you know, fire can melt gold, but fire can't diminish faith. The trial of your faith is more precious than gold. It, it's made out of something that, that the fire and the flood can't deteriorate. It's something that the storms of life can't wear down because it's built on the eternal word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And so we realize that the word is forever settled. And so when I have faith in something that cannot go away, I have faith in something that can't fail. Jesus cannot fail. And I have faith in the Savior. I don't want to just think about that faith that, oh, well, it, it took faith to save me. I had to fall down on my knees and pray and ask forgiveness and repent of my sins. That was faith. Just knowing about repentance ain't repentance. It takes an action. You've got, the Bible says clearly, so you've got to confess with your mouth. There's got to be something uh, issuing forth from you. Something's got to happen. That plan of salvation, it can't be forced on you. It says, and then they that believed were uh, and received the word, they, they were baptized. They went. There wasn't nobody carting them off and, and, and pushing them off a bridge into the water. But this was people that said, I see. Acts 2.38, there's, there's two parts of that that belong, that is, our actions are required. We must repent and we must be baptized. That's faith. And then God will do his part. Because let me tell you, you can't grab the Holy Ghost. You can't steal the Holy Ghost. You can't get it off a shelf. You can't get it from nobody else. It's not that kind of contagious. It's a gift from God. And even that, we got to receive it. Because you can re refuse it. And I've, we've, I, if you've ever prayed for somebody to get the Holy Ghost, they won't open their mouth, you know what I'm talking about. I've prayed to people, that, I want the Holy Ghost. Or you say, do you want the Holy Ghost? And they go, they don't even answer you. And then you're like, all right, here we go. And you start praying. You're the only one talking. And you can see just moving them. If you would just take that lid off the top of this well, that living water would come out. Uh, we've got to receive it. And so uh, this practice, it makes perfect stuff. This, this life is what we do. It's not just what we believe. It's not just what we know. It's what we do. And so uh, we uh, live for God. And we serve God, and yeah, we get sometimes we get mocked because of it, and laughed that because of it, and and get questions because of it, and now uh, it seems like even more in this day in this world we get persecuted because of it. Uh, we're we're being uh, we're feeling what it's like to be alienated because of it. We're being excluded because of it. Our faith is being taken away from out of government, out of schools, out of. Uh, places of business it doesn't matter anywhere they take his word off the courthouse steps they, they they're removing him from anything that they can it won't be long that they, they will take in god we trust off that money 
If they'll take uh, one nation under God out of the pledge, you can believe they're going to take God off that dollar bill and off that change you got. And so uh, it's going to happen. But this is just simply what we do. This is the whole duty of man for us to keep the commandments, fear God and keep the commandments, live our life for him. And so uh, there was another scripture that we read, and it seems like it doesn't really go with it uh, because we read about Rahab, the harlot. Everybody knows who Rahab is, uh, and I guarantee you nobody ever hears that name Rahab without thinking harlot. Even today, bless her heart, still, Rahab. Oh, that harlot? I mean, that's it. You know, uh, you're talking about the the harlot in the Bible? I mean, as soon as you you hear it. Or if you were to meet somebody named Rahab, you'd be like, oh, (laughs) somebody didn't like you. You know, because, you know, because in your mind, what do you do for a living? I mean, I say, hey, what you going to go to? (laughs) It's there. You know, the thing is, is that I'm sure that Rahab, when she's like any other little girl, little kid growing up, what I'm going to be when I grow up, I'm sure that being a prostitute, a harlot, was not what she said, oh, that's what I want to do. But life happened to her like it happens to so many others. And so Rahab finds herself, whatever caused it, whatever happened, what I don't know, there's no background on that, we just know that when we come upon her in Joshua chapter 2, that uh, these two spies enter in to a harlot's house. And they weren't there for the wrong reasons. They were there to spy the city out, and, and most likely her house was probably in a back corner of that city, tucked away in that big old wall, so all these guys that was trying to slip around down there wouldn't be seen. I mean, that's just a fact. Evidently, she lived in the wall because there was a window in the wall that she could hang that scarlet thread out of. Now, when we think about her, let's think back a minute about what a contradiction in the people that we're talking about now. God's people are delivered out of Egypt, Israel. Greatest escape in mankind's history. And God brings them through the Red Sea, performs miracle after miracle after miracle, tells them about a land flowing of milk and honey, gets them right there to it, sends out spies for 40 days. They come back, 10 of them are crying and rubbing their eyes and saying, ain't no way that we can go in there and take this. So God is about to wipe them out. How many times am I going to have to prove myself? I tell you what, Moses, I'm about to get rid of them and I'll just raise up some more and they'll be better than these. And Moses steps in, don't do that. Just, Lord, please don't do that. Let's, let's, let's don't do that. And, and um, uh, I, you know, some, we can work this out. Just, you know, people are going to talk about it. They're going to say you couldn't bring your people in and different things. And so he said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. He said, y'all going to wander 40 years. You're going to wander. And all these people from 20 years old and up, they're going to die. And then I'm going to bring you and Caleb back around with the rest of this group, and we'll try it again. I'm paraphrasing, but this is what, what the gist of it is. And so uh, when you read about this in Hebrews 3 and uh, 4, uh, the writer talks about their, uh, their disobedience as unbelief. 
In other words, they would not, they, they knew what God had done. They watched Pharaoh's army covered up with the water. They saw him give them water out of the rock, change bitter water into sweet water. They, they knew what he could do. He'd give them laws, and he had done great things, and all kinds of things were going on. I mean, he had proved himself over and over and over again. They had a head knowledge, but they would not put it into action. They would not believe that uh, he could bring them into that land and save them and take care of them and do what he said. So initially their faith in God was dead because there was no action behind it. If you would ask any one of them, wait a minute, did you march through the Red Sea? I sure did. It was incredible. Then why are you afraid to march across the Jordan? Why are you afraid to to walk into this land with that same God going in front of you? Oh, no. There's giants in that land. There's people that will, we're like grasshoppers in that land. We'll be eaten alive. There's no way we're going. Two of them said, hey, let's go do it. Caleb and and Joshua, but it said they had another spirit. They were ready to put it into action. They had faith, and they said, let's take it. We are well able to do it. They were ready to do with their faith and not just sit on it. And so God said, start wandering. Start wandering. Forty years. One year for every day that the spies were gone. And now we find them back. Moses is gone. Joshua is the new leader. God has reiterated the promise to Joshua. This is what's going to happen. Here's what I'm going to do. He's just refreshing Joshua's memory. This is how it's going to be when you get there. Here's the things you need to do, the things you don't need to do, doing all these things. And we find that uh, the first time Israel couldn't enter in because they were faithless. And it was evidence. That's what the writer in Hebrews is saying. It's evidence because of their inaction. Because they would not do. They would not obey God's direction. And their inaction told the Lord, you don't believe in me. You don't trust me. I mean, that's essentially, God, you was good with Egypt, but you can't handle these guys. That's essentially what they were telling God. God said, well, we'll we'll take care of this. Well, now here comes Joshua. And he's got these two spies. And now all of a sudden, here's Rahab. Why Rahab? Why even mention her? What was the the reason to bring this woman up? In Hebrews 11 and 31, in that Heroes of Faith chapter, it says, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. When you read about, uh, well, let me just read this too, and then James wrote about her, James 2, 24 through 26. You see then, how that by works a man is justified, not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified, or was not she justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. And so what you see here is a woman who uh, she knew. And I don't know how old, or even if Rahab was alive, when Israel pulls up to the banks the first time. Because it's 40 years. So I don't know what Rahab's age was. I'm assuming she probably wasn't even alive yet. 
just because I know that she's going to get married and have kids uh, later in her life. So, of course, they lived a long time, and, and man, they they just believed in having kids uh, until they died. So it's just, uh, but, but what I'm saying is that most likely she, she may have not been, let's just say she wasn't 40 years of age yet. She doesn't even know about uh, that first caravan that pulls up. But the testimony of God is so strong that when these two spies show up at her house, she says, we know what happened at the Red Sea. We know how God has delivered you all time and time again. And, And she said, and our hearts have melted for fear of you. Because your Lord, he is the God in heaven above, and he is the God in earth beneath. This woman that had a terrible life was not living. She wasn't even one of God's chosen people, and she was living a lifestyle that was not pleasing to God, had faith in God. And here's a woman that all of a sudden she said, listen, I know that something terrible is coming. And I know that I need a way out and my family needs a way out. And the only way I see a way out is through the God of heaven and earth. And so she said, I'll hide you if you'll spare us. Because I believe that the Lord you serve is the God of heaven above and earth beneath. And so it says, she, by faith, she didn't perish with them that didn't believe because she received the spies with peace. When she knew that something had to happen, it had to be more than what she knew about. She wasn't there. She didn't see the Red Sea. She don't know what it looked like, but she heard. And that was enough. I I was studying this. I said, Lord, give me the faith of a harlot. Just give me the faith of a harlot. So watch it now. No, you tell me. Here's a woman. Can you imagine? I would just have to imagine these two spies had to drop their head just a minute. Because here's a woman don't even know nothing about it. But she's got more faith than those that fell in the wilderness 40 years prior. And I'm sure they were probably like, I can't say nothing about them. (laughs) Some of their relatives, these two spies, some of their family died. Because of unbelief. And here's a woman that don't know nothing about it. Living a lifestyle that ain't pleasing to God. Yet she said he's the God of, he, he, he's the God of heaven. God of earth. We know what he did. We know, and she was just speaking faith. Speaking about what he could do. And she knew. He, y'all can save me. I'll hide you. I'll take care of you. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. Just save me and my family alive. She had so much faith when she got ready to let, she, she, she told the king a lie, said, oh, they, they went out by the gate, went that way, take off, you'll catch them. When they went one way, she let them out the window, and they said, you keep this thread, uh, hang, let it be hanging out the window when we come back. It said she hung it out the window when they went down. She didn't ever take it out of the window. She said, oh, I ain't going to fool around and maybe uh, miss when that attack comes. She said, it's going to be here from now on. She said, I I believe that God is going to deliver me and my family, and I'm keeping this thread hanging out the window 
I don't want to take chance. Now, I don't know how many days it was. I know they went and waited in the mountain three days. And then I don't know how long it took them to get back to Joshua. And then how long it was before they got back. But I guarantee you, when they, they pull up, there's that scarlet thread. Because Rahab had a need. And she said, I've got faith. But just knowing what God has done, just knowing all that, I could, I could, everybody in that city knew what she knew. She said, we know. She's speaking for the city. We know what God has done for you all. But it was one of them said, I got to be saved. Right. And, and so many times you see that. Listen, let me tell you, having a checkered background, even being a harlot, not being one of his, it don't stop somebody from having faith. Because when somebody starts having faith in God, he's going to step up and notice it. And many times we see people that were so desperate uh, that nobody else wanted anything to do with that had faith in the scripture. And it wasn't just, well, I know about it, but they did something about it. In Matthew chapter 8, there was a, a leper that met Jesus as he came down out of the mountain. And he said, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, your faith has saved you and made you whole. A leper. Nobody wants to touch him. He's unclean. Nobody wants to be around him. And Jesus heals him because he said his faith had saved him. In Matthew 8 and 10, there was a centurion who said, you don't even have to come to my house. Just speak the word and it will be done. He said, here's a man that don't even, uh, he, he worships other gods. But he came to me uh, to see about getting his servant healed. And, and, and he said, I haven't seen this kind of faith. No, not in Israel. I was you know some of them Jews were like, whoop, drop that head. Might have felt like them two spies. And then in Matthew 9, 28, two blind men. And he says, do you believe I can do this? They said, we believe. According to your faith, be it unto thee. Heals both those blind men. People that uh, you would think, hey, uh, nobody, you know, they're, they're beggars. They, their life's not perfect. They got things wrong in their life. These are the people getting things done. These are the people coming to Jesus saying, hey, fix me. Uh, in Matthew 14, 36, they brought all the diseased people. And they said they knew if they could just touch his clothes, they would be healed. Guess what? They were. People that were sick, diseased, that nobody wanted to touch. In Matthew 15 and 28, a woman comes asking the Lord, heal my daughter. He said, it's not right for me to give the children's bread unto dogs. And she said, but the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. And he said, whew. What faith? She wasn't even a part of Israel, but she said, what faith? And her daughter was delivered that same hour because of her great faith. And, and then, you know, Mark chapter 5, the woman with the issue of blood, you know, she was unclean. People can't touch her. She can't be around people. But she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And so she touches him and virtue flows and she's healed immediately. Just give me the faith of somebody in need. Realize that I'm not going to sit here. What about Bartimaeus? It said when he heard that Jesus was coming, I can't see him. I can't get to him. So he starts flipping out. And he, he, he's screaming and carrying on in such a way that it says, and Jesus stopped. And everybody's, oh, come on now. It's okay. He, he stopped. But they would, they would have walked right on by with Jesus if he hadn't stopped. And all these other people, you know, where, where's faith at? You know, where's the works? Oh, I believe God can do anything. How come you're not praying for nobody? And so it says, you see then how that by works a man is justified. People say, oh, you just got to have faith and you just got to believe and it's faith only and grace only and just believe. Let me tell you, you can't erase what the Bible says. 
People say, well, it's by grace through faith are you saved. Not if your faith is dead. You can have dead faith or you can have living faith. Faith without works is dead. You can have faith on a shelf. You can have faith in a coffin. But, honey, let me tell you, if you're going to have faith that's alive and moving and breathing and doing, you're going to be doing some works. You're going to be preaching and praying and fasting and giving and working for the kingdom. You're going to be letting your light shine. You're going to stand up when it's tough. You're going to stand there when it's hard. You're going to stand there in the good times. You're going to be there all the time. But you're going to be ready to, to make bold statements. You know, Rahab really took a chance. They could have told her and said, let me tell you something. We're going to come take this city, and we're going to kill you too. We ain't worried about it. God said we're going to take everybody out. Because when they would go in some of them places, did nobody escape. They would kill every inhabitant of the city. Animals included, everything. And so she knew, I'm taking a chance, trying to bargain I don't belong to them. But when she started talking about that God and what he could do, faith. And they said, we'll make this oath. They laid the ground rules that here's what's got to happen. And as long as this is, as you do all this, it'll be fine. Anybody else, you tell them, they step out of this house when we're coming in, it's on their own head. You better keep them with you. Keep them where this thread's hanging out. But faith, she had so much faith. It says she was justified. You know what that word means? It means to render, show, or regard as just or innocent. And it says Rahab now is rendered innocent because of her faith in works. She is shown and regarded as. It might say the harlot Rahab, but they're not trying to say it because she's still a harlot. It's so we can understand that God can take someone that has a terrible life, and if they'll have a little faith and some works and put some action behind it, that he can uh, cleanse them, he can can render them innocent. That's his work because he's got to make it happen. He's got to honor the faith and the works, and he will because his word says he will. So he... And then you will be shown and now regarded. And everywhere she's wrote about from that point on, it talks about how she had faith, how she was justified. Oh, Rahab. My wife and I were laughing a little while ago because we had a brother preaching for us at the other church one time, and he was preaching about Rahab. And uh, he said, well, what do you think happened to Rahab? He was talking about, because there's some great things that happened to Rahab. But when he said that, somebody was a little overzealous and answered him. And when he said, what do you think happened to Rahab? Somebody piped up and said, she went to hell. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) So... Justified, rendered innocent. So, yeah, I know I'm, I'm, I ain't kidding. Some of y'all in here was there. I love the brother to death that, that that belted that out. I don't think he heard what the brother was saying uh, clearly. I don't think he quite got it. 
But uh, but he sure did. And I was like, oh, no. I think it stumped the preacher there for a minute, too. What kind of doctrine y'all been teaching around here? What you see now is, is you see Israel who's been delivered, falters, wanders in the wilderness. Hey, while they was in the wilderness wandering, they had a couple of victories. They defeated Og and Sion, and uh, you know they, they had the tabernacle. They still had some worship services. There were still some laws and different things given, but they were wandering. And I don't want to just have a, a victory here or there in wandering outside of the promise because just having a a church service that might not that ain't the promise it's in the wrong land just uh you know just winning a victory here there that ain't the whole that ain't the promise that he's trying to get you to yeah you know i don't know he knew them people were going to drop dead in the wilderness anyway if the victory was for those that were about to die for it was or if it was to encourage the ones that were going on I don't want to uh, live a life just kind of satisfied outside of the promise. I want to do. That's why the writer in Hebrews said, you know, let us uh, be careful and let us beware lest there be a, a evil heart of unbelief in us. I don't, I don't want to have no uh, uh, evil heart of unbelief. And that's what he accounted uh, their, their inaction to is unbelief. Well, no, we believe that how come you ain't doing nothing? How come you're not doing what you believe? I believe God can deliver us. And how come you ain't crossing that Jordan? Well, there's giants over there. So you don't believe I can handle the giants? You know, so they, uh, whatever they said, their actions spoke louder than words. Of course, those ten, they didn't even mix words about it. Oh, no, we go in there, it's over. We dead, our kids are dead, everybody's dead. And the rest, all Israel wailing and crying. I, I can't imagine if I picture God like this. Because I mean, I'm just like, if there's ever been a time you people, you say, oh, he's going to hit you with a lock, bolt of lightning. I think he was firing it up if Moses hadn't stepped in. Because how, how many times am I going to have to you know, do something, do this, provide, take care of you, and you still not believe. And so we see the the comparison here that Israel's faithlessness was revealed by their inaction, but Rahab's faith was revealed by her action. Rahab's story uh, illustrates her faith, sets the example for Israel and for every disciple that's coming after her because she's not just in the Old Testament, she's in the New Testament. And as we learn to be disciples, we, we read in these stories of faith. And you can't just read about David and about Samson, you know, slaughtering people and winning great victories like that. You've got to read about this little old harlot that said, I believe in God enough that he can save me. I believe that even in my terrible action that I can speak faith and do something about it. She hid those spies. If the king had found out she hid them, gone. Her and you know, it'd been her, her family, everybody. They'd have been renting her place out. She's gone. She knew she was taken, but she said, 
the Lord's coming, I got to take action. We need to do. For that's the whole duty of man. Discipleship happens to us as we obey the Lord's direction and as we act on his spiritual direction. James said it like this. I'm going to read this. This is from the New Living Translation. You ain't got to put this up, sis. I'm, I'm, I'm going to read this because the wording, it doesn't really change. It doesn't change the meaning from what the King James says. It's just a little easier to read. James said this. This is from James 2, 14 through 20 and then 24 through 26. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can this kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye and have a good day, stay warm, eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith and others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have any good deeds? But I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Well, good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? So you see we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. He's not saying we earn our salvation. I don't know about to go out here and say, oh, pastor's preaching you earn your salvation by works. I'm telling you that faith without works is dead, simply what the Bible says. Um, and he says, so Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Faith includes action. Discipleship takes place in our lives by acting on the spiritual disciplines that the Word of God reveals to us. So we might ask ourselves this, Am I praying or do I just know about prayer? Am I fasting or do I merely know about fasting? Do I read, study, and contemplate the Bible or am I simply aware of his word? Am I engaged with fellow disciples, the body of Christ, or am I just satisfied to worship with them while I wander in the wilderness? Because discipleship is not mental assent. Discipleship is acting on his direction. It's what we do. What you think about Rahab? A few, honey, you can come to the music. What you think about Rahab? A few years past Jericho. Thinking about how did I get here? I'm not a Hebrew. And, you know, they call this the promised land, but I don't feel worthy of any promises. Not the life I lived. And yet here I am. And maybe she looks up and she thinks, this all started because I hid those guys on that day. When I made a deal, I'll hide you and take care of you. This is what got me where I am today. 
I knew that God was coming and I took action. Maybe she looks across the room and she sees that husband now, Salmon. Maybe she's thinking, how did I ever get so lucky to have a guy like this in my life? And then she looks down and in her arms is Boaz. Don't you know Ruth was glad that uh, Rahab took action? Don't you know how good Ruth felt when she married Boaz and, and how God was blessing and taking care of her? Well, guess what? There's no Boaz without a Rahab. And so, you see, sometimes, Lord, give me... Don't, don't, she's, she, she's just now. God has made her to be innocent. So if, when you say that, Rahab, that she, was, she was that harlot, but then she became a wife, and she became a mother, and she is listed in the heroes of faith. And so God, just give me the faith of a harlot. Just give me the faith of a harlot. That when I know I've got to have an answer, I'll take action and do what it takes to be saved and to help save somebody else so that I can find myself in the promised land. Praise God. Let's stand together tonight. It's what we do. We have faith. We serve God. If you believe in Him, then live like you do. Scripture wants us to do, talks about that. Peter made the statement, he said, seeing you believe these things. In other words, he was talking about the end of time when the, the coming of the Lord. He said, seeing you believe these things, what manner of person ought you to be in all manner of conversation or your behavior? You know, what should you be doing since you believe that Jesus is coming back? That's a, that's a question Right there, sometimes we, we, we try to dodge, but you can't. If we believe he's coming back, then what should we be doing? If you believe he can heal, what should you be doing? If you believe he can deliver, what should you be doing? If you believe there's a hell, what should you be doing? Who should you be talking to? She wasn't just trying to save herself. She's trying to save her family. A lot of, a lot of preaching in that, that scripture. There's a lot of things to preach. Let's lift our hands and just praise Him and pray for a moment together. Lord, tonight we just praise You and thank You because we see how You have provided a way. Faith and works create miracles. Deliverance, hope, provides, helps us, keeps us in Your promise. Tonight I pray that each one of us, Lord, will not only believe, not only will we have faith, but we will put that faith into action. That we will fear you and keep your commandments because this is the whole duty of man. Thank you for providing a way for us. Let this word find good ground in our heart tonight in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Come on, give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God's good to us. Appreciate his word tonight. Thankful, thankful. Sometimes the people that uh, we least expect it from show us the biggest leaps of faith. And old, good old Rahab.
I believe we'll see her one day. I love you. God bless you. Don't forget, Sunday's our Thanksgiving dinner. So we start at 12. We'll be in the gymnasium. We'll see you then, the Lord willing. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.